0: Trying to build your following is a mental illness.
1: You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's bowl after bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Dance and move your legs around. What?
2: What? What? It is on, folks. It is on. It is
3: on! We're going to have a big celebration
2: all together. I want my weed. Well, if you want to be like me, a loser, Go ahead and smoke.
1: You make weed look so uncool.
3: Oh my God, yes.
1: She is stoned. I puff past. I puff puff past.
2: Lots of weed.
1: Yes, sir, that is a lot of marijuana.
2: Probably a lot of edibles. I, I like the pot much better.
4: That sounds really good. Sounds really good to me. Coming to you on yet another stupendous Tuesday night. Hope you're feeling all right. It is May 16th this time in the year 2023, and you're listening to episode 245. I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City.
0: I'm Dame DeLorean.
4: And you're a bowler in the bowl thanks for being here bowlers thanks for hanging out
0: on the bowl after bowl lanes
4: that's right and you know we're keeping it lit this is a new live son of a bitch which uh you have access to in fountain now
0: wow
4: early access if you are a beta tester over there in fountain uh the nagging worked ios test flight currently testing uh android 2 by the way if you uh, want to test the latest fountain build in Android, you're gonna have to get it via an APK link, which I have pasted in the bull chat, and which I—I uh,
0: I will make sure it goes into the show notes.
4: Also, yes, we will include it in the show notes. If you want to help test this brand new live shit out in Fountain, We're live in Fountain—that's awesome. And waiting. Waiting and anticipating this move for the longest. Uh, they hope to release it sometime officially this week into the uh, respective app stores. Uh, in time for Bitcoin Miami this weekend.
0: Oh, perfect timing.
4: So that'll be fun. That'll be fun. That's great. It's helping uh, Nick to set up a uh, IceCast stream and all that stuff for Fountain that they can use to live stream their events while they're down there. Oh, Nice. So, talk a little bit more about that in the segment later on.
0: <sighs> I had oh, yeah. a wonderful Mother's Day. Yeah, thanks for all the well wishes, bowlers. It was a great day. I was OTG up at Pop's place because we are preparing to have a super lit bonfire this weekend with tons of people out there. It's going to be a crazy good time. Oh yeah! And so we had to get the some of the land ready for that. And that was fun. And then I got a steak for
4: Mother's Day. Got a
0: steak. Which is, what meal would be better than a steak that I didn't prepare myself? (laughs) You gotta love it,
4: right? They just bring it out to you, it's already ready to eat.
0: Oh, it was delicious. So good. And I also got to go bowling for Mother's Day. Yeah. So, it was a great Mother's Day.
4: It's a hell of a weekend. Yeah. Hell of a weekend. Uh, yeah, what else happened this past week, um... We were getting stuff ready for the bonfire. We got the big, the biggest parts of the trees that had, like, snapped and fallen into the pond. We got those pulled out.
0: Yeah, it was an adventure.
4: With the help of the old uh, Mighty Max. Mighty Maxine. A wonderful farm truck. Pulling, uh, pulling trees out of the drink there. And stacking them on the bonfire pile, man. That thing is getting pretty huge. It's going to be a hell of a flame.
0: Yeah, especially when paired with the uh, blower, the leaf blower. Oh, yeah.
4: Get you a good blower going on the uh, bonfire. Woof! The flames will climb. Uh, also, got some of the basement set up. Pop's been talking for ages about getting that Lego table.
0: Yes, I finally saw the Lego table in completion. Yep. Nope. Not in a family video of you playing with it when you were a kid, <laughs> right? And I got to watch our kids play with it. They're very, cool.
4: I'm very excited to see all my Lego sets. Mainly just the minifigures, because I got hundreds of minifigures so they like to see all those guys
0: john loves hats and a lot of the minifigures have hats and in fact you had a whole box of accessories for the minifigures many of which were hats yep so he had a great time just swapping hats around on these figures while the girls were acting out scenes and creating stories with them
4: yeah it was a great time it's cool to see all that stuff i've forgotten some of the Lego sets I had.
0: Yeah, you had these like Technic things. Mm-hmm. You to build like robots
4: and stuff. I got a Mindstorms robot. Uh, all I saw down there was like the main computer unit. So I need to make sure that all the different parts are there mm. or f- track down where the hell those went. But yeah, that was cool. Yep. That thing was very cool. I only got the version that uh, is like self contained. There was a different Mindstorm set that you could like program different shit. Via a, a PC application, but we always had Macs growing up, so mm. I couldn't use that version. I just had to use, like, the uh, the regular ones.
0: Yeah, I'd never seen them before in my life. I had Duplo as a kid. <laughs> nice. I didn't really have any Lego sets.
4: Duplo. Uh Grow
0: up. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> they gave me the big blocks.
4: Oh... Uh... <laughs> uh great intro by the way a little make heroism tunes yes make. under the project name false finish all right false finish uh home sweet home i believe is the album yeah you can look that up on uh music side project or any of the podcasting 2.0 apps yeah we put a little split in there for you make heroism in the show just for uh use of the music And And it's uh, awesome
0: that we can do that. Value for Value Music.
4: Value for Value Music. You can boost his album. We're going to link it in the show notes as well. Great jams, man.
0: Yeah. It was a fun weekend. Those were nice.
4: We were just playing those in the background all weekend. Very sweet. Very killer. Uh, Other than that, I mean, uh, not a lot going on. Switching to evenings again. So that was the slight late start tonight. I'm trying to kind of wrap things up early on Tuesday's for him, just to make it sort of manageable for everybody involved.
0: And give them a little break.
4: Give them a little break.
0: Go do your homework now. Mm -hmm. You have an hour extra. Yeah, basically. That's nice. I like teachers that did that when I was doing school stuff. Nobody uh, complained. I bet. So. And you got to the bowl in a manageable time. Yeah,
4: somewhat reasonable time. A little bit later than usual, but not by much. Maybe like a few minutes.
0: Yeah, five, ten minutes.
4: So good work it'll be this week and next week and then i'll have a couple weeks off we got the memorial day and then my birthday coming up after that yes which we are looking forward to We're gonna do a little bowling meetup for you bowlers that's right bowling near uranus
0: yeah uranus 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 that's
4: what schoolhouse rock said right
0: that is how schoolhouse rock said it
4: uranus, uranus.
0: Yeah. But I like the meetup name of Bowling Near Uranus.
4: Bowling Near Uranus is how it's going down. And, uh, well, what the hell else would we do? We're going to go bowling. Sorry, Are we going to do that on Saturday? Mm, your
0: birthday's on a Friday. So mm-hmm. I had the bowling slated for Friday. But okay. if you want to do it on Saturday, more people uh, could make it. Yeah. Let's, f- I don't know. Flip flop
4: it. Let's just take a kind of a <laughs> thumb on the pulse and get some feedback from people who are going and, uh, See which would be better, a Friday or Saturday. We're going to be hanging out kind of all weekend, so. That's right. We just need to pick a time for the main meetup thing to go down.
0: The yeah. main meetup.
4: More details to follow.
0: Yeah. Just reach out if you're interested in going. On the socials, show at com in the chat.
4: Yeah. We'll get it figured out. We'll yeah, get it figured out as time ticks nearer. And it uh, should be a great goddamn time. I definitely will be. Uh, it's always a great time here in the bowl because of the bowlers that keep it going. That's right. Week after week and bowl after bowl. Every Tuesday we got something new for you. And uh, we're also bringing you bowls with buds every uh, time we can get it scheduled. Schedule's been uh, so tight and crazy and we're getting ready for this bonfire that we haven't had a bowls with buds in a minute, but uh, we'll probably do one that, that weekend of my birthday too at some point.
0: Oh, Definitely.
4: Maybe that Saturday evening. We'll yeah. figure something out. Figure something out. It's all up in the air right now, but... Uh, but... Uh, s- to, uh, details to be announced. T- TBD. Be, uh, to, be, to be determined, to be announced, <laughs> to be uh, configured. Uh, but what we can know for certain is uh, all the people that help us out produce the show. Sending in their time, their talent, their treasure to keep bull after bull coming to you each and every week and uh Tuesday after Tuesday that's right Tuesday after Tuesday got a long line of them and uh there's a couple of ways to send the treasure part of course we thank the PayPal senders who get at us by hitting that PayPal button at the bottom page of bullafterbull.com uh or at the bottom of any page I should say and we did have a couple of uh contributions that came in over the last week via the PayPal uh one is a recurring donation which is very much appreciated it keeps our Monthly bills paid and Circus Media.
0: Oh, yeah.
4: He hit us with that 1111.
0: Thanks, Circus Media.
4: Some magic numbers there. Angel numbers. We also had a donation from our good buddy, C Mike. Oh, C Mike. Thanks. Sir C Mike coming in with 4620.
0: Whoa.
4: Now, oh, the PayPal, we very much appreciate that. He did leave a little note too. He says value for value for value for value. I was overdue for a re-up, so, uh, dude, what's the equivalent here for D-Dead beating me? Uh, here you're no longer a mooch, essentially. That's right. Uh, you've been mooching? You're a right. mooch no more. Stop mooching. Go back to college and eat your instant ramen. That's right. So we're back to college eating instant ramen now. And, uh, there we go.
0: have after-pull of instant ramen. Yeah cuz uh, it's
4: all based on the first rule after all.
2: First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time.
4: And uh yeah. No, you're no longer a mooch. So thanks for pinching in. Uh he says smoke on rock on, by the way, so we got to drop for that, of course. Oh yes. Rock on. Smoke on. Mwah. Regards C Mike in West KC. Uh numerology by the way, 4620 is 420 that goes to 11.
0: Hey, now.
4: That's 11, 420s.
0: Ho now, now. Ho
4: oh, now, now. Look at them numbers. That's excellent. Love it. Thank you so much, C-Mike. Yeah, Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks again. Much love to you. And the family?
0: Value for value, man. It's a way of life. It is. You don't have to listen to stupid ad reads, and we don't have to censor ourselves or mm. worry about saying something dumb.
4: Yeah, this, this is a relationship between us and y'all. And it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. It's simple and it's pure. And that's why it works. That's why we love it. Uh, we also love people who take off all their clothes and go over to nudepodcastapps.com and they do a little dance while they do it. And it goes something like this. I'm
3: gonna do some stats. I've got forty thousand in my wallet. I'm 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 boosting value contribution. This
1: is fucking awesome.
4: Oh yeah, talking about that brand new podcasting 2.0 business booster grams boosting little satoshis little pieces of bitcoin instantly over the lightning network dodging all those silly on chain fees and uh streaming value payments per minute listened in some cases or just boosting messages with uh, sat donations which you always like to read up front here as well uh because you guys keep us going keeping us going and i always scroll back to last week's outro because harv hat always hits us on the outro with this 1420 and last week was no exception he hit us this time from the podcast index no no just a 1420 on the outro so thank you sir thanks harv hat appreciate you kicking it off we next have thirty three thirty three sats this is coming out of the fountain app from who is it Comic Strip Blogger. Hello, Stranger. Oh, Comic Strip Blogger. Thank you. Coming in with his annual uh, bowl after bowl ad, I think.
0: (laughs) The annual
4: ad. It's been a minute since we've heard from a Comic Strip Blogger on this particular podcast, but he does have a note. He says, visit AI.cooking for pod with AI news. Yo, CSB.
0: Yo. There's a link in the show notes, too. You just have to click CSB.
4: That's right. Click on CSB's name. In the show notes, and you will go to ai.cooking for That's your right. pod with AI news. I think it's a podcast, but it just says pod here.
0: Mm. Bean pod.
4: Pretty sure. that uh, It's the lover, lovely Gregory William Forsyth Foreman who narrates that lovely podcast. Yes, the cock. The cock, indeed. The cock, who we have talked to. Yeah,
0: we've done on a bowls on with a Buds.
4: Bowls with Buds. Maybe we should get him for another one. See what he's been up to. Yeah, that's long overdue. I need to schedule some peoples here. I've just been kind of a little bit running around. Yeah, you know how I get. Cycles, man. Comes in cycles, comes in waves. Uh, Speaking of waves, this next booster's making waves with a 1337 Leap Boost. Ooh. Out of Podverse. This is from Memes1337.
0: Aw, thanks, Memes.
4: And he boosted the Effortless and Mr. Man podcast. He says v for V Sats passing the bowl with sats, earned shitposting and memeing, keep up the great work. And then he has a link to his uh, No Agenda site, or No Agenda uh, social. social account. Yes, yeah. yes.
0: Yes, yeah, so uh, I, I think he's uh, a one digit down on the socials. He is. memes 1336 because we talked about that on that bowls with Buds.
4: Yes. Effortless brought him up as uh, kind of taking the torch for the shitposting meme uh, lord. He does numbers. He does. He puts up numbers at memes underscore 1336 if you're interested in following him around. Uh, next up, 15,000 sets coming in from Make Heroism. All thank all right, you, sir. All right. Thank you. Appreciate you. Out of Fountain, uh, he will get a split for this episode for that intro music.
0: That's right. So thank you. Forever and always. That's
4: right. And uh, we want to try and do that more often. Do a little uh, music, music side project type uh uh, decentralized music artists on the intro. If we can add splits to them, that's kind of cool shit that I like. Uh, other cool shit that I like. 4269 stats coming in from Harvhat Hat out of CurioCaster. He must have seen that live tag light up, because that's usually when he hits us there. Nice. And the show goes live, and we send that pod ping out, and we tell the universe, hey, we're here, we're live, we're on the air. Come on in and boost that live item. Uh, One Oh, excuse me. 11,821 sats. That's the extended Missouri boost, by the way.
1: Yeah.
4: It's coming from Pfeiffer, of course.
0: Thank you, Pfeiffer.
4: Pfeiffer is uh, boosting from that podcast index interface. And he said, let's go bowling. Yes. I'll roll one for you there, brother. Appreciate you. A uh, fountain boost up next from Sir Oma.
0: Oh, Sir Oma!
4: He boosts forty-two thousand sixty-nine. That's four twenty-sixty-nine out of fountain. Ooh. Great numbers. Uh, and he says Mother's Day boost. Well, thank you. Boosted right to your Mother's Day. Seventeen minutes ago. Uh, next up is Hey Citizen. He's talking about a little sixty-nine sixty-nine.
1: Sixty-nine, 69 dude!
4: Oh, now, now. Thank you. He's coming out of Podverse, and he says, no dynamic ass insertion here. <laughs> no, we will, d- we will not dynamically insert ass, and if you happen to hear any ass dynamically inserted into this show, uh, then you need to be using a different podcast app, because they're putting that shit in there without our knowledge or permission, baby. Exactly. And that's just not how we do shit.
0: Oh.
4: We're value for value around here, man.
0: Only value all the time.
4: That's right. We might talk about some stuff we use every once in a while, but uh, we don't have any relationships with any of those companies or people or products. Mostly we just shill our friends when they make music albums and release them value for value. We're shilling value for value shit here. Okay?
0: Yeah. That's the circle we're of not, value.
4: Uh, we're not signing you up for word space. No. With discount code butthole or whatever. <laughs> that's that other show. Uh... 11,101 sats. Woo. That's from Booley Steed out of Fountain.
0: Oh, we know her as Booley Steed we in here. Do
4: her uh, know her as Booley Steed. Boosty Steed, another uh, nice number. 11,111. She says, uh, Ledger, the next shit stain. Oh, do I have some Ledger news? <laughs> Talk a little bit about Ledger later on. Yeah. Uh, their shit has hit the stain for sure. Uh, next up. And last but certainly not least, and only last for now, 7777SATS seven, 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 seven at jackpot sets. Uh Coming in from the one and only Mary-Kate Ultra.
0: Aw, thanks Mary-Kate Ultra.
4: She's smashing us in that fountain app. And she says, good boosting in the evening. Oh, good boosting uh, to you as well, ma'am. Appreciate you. Appreciate having you on board. Uh, that Mary-Kate Ultra and uh, Make Heroism Bulls with Buds continues to get, go do the rounds. That
0: was a great one. epic, that was a fun one. 420, episode 240. Magic all around.
4: Get some messages uh, from people who like that one. Uh, I love any anytime we have a couple on. Yeah. We do that every once in a while. Uh, Mousy Bear, and Tunto is the most recent one before that. Of course, we've had Phone Boy and Phoenix. We've had uh, several. It's always a fun energy. I think it balances really well. You know, you and me and another couple. Exactly. Just, just chilling behind the bull curtain, talking the, talking the norms, talking the, the, you know, what's been going on, real life stuff. That's what we like to do. That's what we like to do, and we like to keep it real and thank everybody for the value that they give to the show, because without you guys, uh, we wouldn't be able to keep doing this thing. You know, we wouldn't have the Tuesday night record that we have going on right now for like over two years or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. Wow. Never missed a Tuesday. Not huh? yet. Not yet. We even skipped a Doug Stanhope performance
4: once because
0: it was on a Tuesday. I
4: skipped a Doug Stanhope. I've uh, podcasted from the floor, <laughs> writhing and painted from a kidney oh, stone. I've uh, That was
0: no fun. We've been on the road. That one
4: week I had totally lost my voice. That was pretty stupid.
0: <laughs> People didn't know who my co-host was.
4: Yeah.
0: Like, who is this mechanic she's hanging out with? The
4: bowl must go on, man. The bowl must go on, and it's thanks to you bowlers uh, for making it happen. So That's like right. To thank you up front, each and every show. And uh, we always remind you, too, that it's not just the stats and the dollars that keep it going and that uh, return value. No, 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 no. There's a bunch of different ways.
0: You can make art. You can make jingles. You can hang out in the chat room and contribute value live or all throughout the week. You can simply pass the bowl to someone you know will like it. Or you can leave us a voicemail because we love hearing from you. And every week we have a topic that you can answer if you want this week's topic is the first time I ever felt like an adult. So if you want to tell us about that, all you have to do is pick up your phone and.
4: Call 816 607 3663 in the playground.
0: Uh, that's right, we'll play it We don't screen them We never know what's coming in, what you're gonna say And if you're voice shy, you can always send a text message or a picture We get those too
4: That's right, did we say the topic?
0: Yeah, first time I ever felt like an adult
4: First time I ever felt like an adult
0: My kid makes fun of the way I say adult, Rayla, our mm-hmm. oldest I guess I sound like I'm saying adult. Mm. Like you're adult, dolt D-O-L-T Oh yeah So she always, if
4: I say the word adult Fine line between adult and an adult.
0: Yeah, that's for sure.
4: Fine line. Very fine line. That's a Venn diagram that often overlaps. In fact, uh, yeah. Fun times. Adult, 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 adult. So yeah, value for value, baby. Many ways to get involved and it's over a long period of time. You know, all we ask is that you, uh, take a, uh, uh, an assessment every once in a while of what's the value you've received. And, uh, just balance the scale out. If you receive a lot of value, you can uh, balance that out by sending something in, be it your time, talent, or treasure.
0: Yeah, it's just freedom.
4: That's right. So, and with
0: great freedom comes great responsibility.
4: That's what they say. And that's what they say. Uh, so this always rolls into a nice segment we like to call. A-ting, a-ting, cooking, Oh man, this is the time to be building a node. Build a node, lock your sats up in channels and get them off of that layer one uh, crazy fee environment that we've been experiencing. It has cooled down considerably, by the way, compared to last week. Last week we were looking at uh, blocks with an average of like two to three hundred Sats per virtual byte. And now it's around, oh, the low to mid-20s over the last hour, it looks like, that mm. you can get into blocks. Low to mid-20s during the day, peaking around, oh, 60, 70 for the most expensive blocks. Uh, although there was a couple with two. A couple as low as two Ooh. and four and three over the course of the day. So uh, we're getting some cheaper transactions through. Um, currently the high priority. If you want to get into the next block, you're going to have to pay at least 23 sats per virtual byte as of this recording. Oof. So, uh, still a little warm, but, uh, not as crazy as it was, so, um, lots of different speculation as to why that is. There's certainly, uh, a number of factors, but, uh, the ordinals and transcriptions seem to have had another big uh pickup in popularity and then um just don't have that they don't seem to have the staying power it is no longer the 2019 nft super craze
0: i'm shocked yeah shocked that we aren't all in a craze for these things
4: it is shocking it is shocking (laughs) um fountain Uh, i want to congratulate fountain for getting live pulled into their system i know it's been a long time coming we've been anticipating this for a while but uh It is now in uh, version 0.7.0, build 750 to be specific. And you should be able to, if you are a beta tester on the iOS system through TestFlight, you should have access to that latest build and the live features. And if you're on Android, they are still waiting for approval from the Android beta system. So if you're a beta guy on Android, there is an APK link that you'll have to download. I mentioned that at the beginning of the show and I posted it in the chat, but we'll have it in the show notes as well if you would like to download the latest Fountain build and test some of the new features out, including the live item tag and live boosting. Uh, I also worked with Nick over there at Fountain to help them get a Azuracast server set up. Nice. uh, Which is how we stream. That's how many of the... No agenda shows stream live. And uh he said they were setting up a um a live stream for this weekend at Miami, the Bitcoin uh the big Bitcoin conference in Miami. Kind of the biggest annual one there. So appreciate that, Nick. And uh he said that they were giving us a, a featured search spot for the couple weeks.
0: Oh, very nice, for your help.
4: As a thank you for helping them set the stream up, yeah, so.
0: Oh, that's value for value.
4: Value for value right there, so uh, you should be able to find us over there in the featured spot in Fountain, that's fun. I saw MMO over there, too, and a few other of our buddies, I think uh, Mere Mortals was in there, so always got some good stuff in the featured section over there on Fountain, and if you found us uh, in the featured section there, well, welcome. Welcome. Yes, welcome to the bowl. Hope you stick around. Uh, What else do we got going on in the wild world of Burt Kern? Well, bowling
0: with Bitcoiners was a blast.
4: Yes, Casey Bitcoiners did their first bowling night, and that was a lot of fun. We did like an hour of bowling, and we uh, had like a friendly competition stuff, um, which I win. Yes. I can't remember, what did I end up rolling, like 219, 216, something like that.
0: Yeah, just over 200. Just a
4: little over 200, so... I rolled. Won me some sets. One twenty-seven. Chris had a cool uh, split thing set up where it was like uh, people could boost that prize money tag, and uh, then it would like go big split to the winner, and some split to second place, and some split to Casey Bitcoiners or something like that. So he's been playing with uh, split payments as well.
0: Yeah, it was pretty neat.
4: Yeah, it's a fun little idea. We're always looking into different weird creative use cases. Uh, for programmatic money, man. That's what it's all about. Uh what else is it all about? Well, everybody's talking about this ledger thing. booly Steed boosted. A boosty bully steed about it earlier, as you heard us read off. Ledger uh has been clowned upon all day today in Noster and Twitter and, and elsewhere. Uh because essentially what happened is they launched a distributed KYC-based cloud seed recovery service and then quickly deleted it. Mm. Uh, The service is supposed to cost 10 bucks a month, and basically Ledger Recover Service takes a wallet recovery seed phrase, splits it into three encrypted shards, and distributes them to three other custodians. And then uh, through some kind of magical wand, they can wave they can put those three shards back together into your private key and restore your wallet if you ever lose your ledger or lose some kind of access to it. Which uh, caused a lot of panic, confusion, and outrage because, uh, you know, if they, have your, if they have your seed phrase, even if it's split up into the different parts, if they have a way to grab it and put it together for you, yeah, then that's kind of a custodial move. In that point, like if they can help you restore it, then they can restore it, right
0: yeah, they can access it whenever, huh
4: so you also to use the service, need to provide some kind of identification Ooh. which most bitcoiners just aren't a huge fan of in general, so it's a different firmware update, and that's another thing about uh both Ledger and Trezor, that are a little bit annoying is the constant firmware updates and, and relying on these updates to uh, secure your piece of hardware. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stick with my cold card, I think.
0: Yep. Sounds good.
4: I think I'm going to stick with my cold card. Um, all kinds of fun articles pouring out about that. Yeah,
0: I bet. It's triggering.
4: Yes. Yep. Uh, of course, the the reasoning behind it is we need to make it easier and more user friendly, and uh, you know, we've said this time and time again, and that's kind of why we advocate for building your own node and um, just using your own hardware in general. Is that uh, easy usually means that somebody else has to uh, secure your nuts, and you have to trust them not to fuck you. And the beauty about Bitcoin is that you don't have to trust anybody on planet Earth. If you that's do right. not wish to, and I don't wish to, I don't want to have to trust. I mean, it just makes things awkward because just the best case scenario is that you trust somebody and they don't fuck you. And that's just kind of like a sh- shoulder shrug, you know? Yeah. The worst case scenario is pretty bad. Yep. And, lose it all. uh, for companies who have already experienced data breaches in the past, it just kind of makes you that much more gun shy, I think, to, uh, Give them the keys to your cheese. And that is sort of the point of having a hardware wallet in the, in the first place, right? Is to have a long-term cold storage place that is internet-gapped that uh, means you have a signing device with a key that nobody else has access to but you, and you have it physically locked away on some kind of device. And then uh, any compromise to that setup makes the whole idea of a, the whole concept of a hardware wallet or a hardware signing device kind of moot. So that's been fun. It's been fun to watch everybody pile on Ledger. R.I.P. Ledger.
2: Will After they ever? The chat.
4: Will they ever recover? Uh, I'm sure they'll do just fine. There is uh, speaking of the rising popularity of Ledger and other hardware wallets, uh, Bitcoin ship ownership, Bitcoin ship ownership, Bitcoin ownership in general is rising uh, as more people hedge currency devaluation and failing banks. Uh, No bullshit. Bitcoin had a really nice write-up of the rise in crypto ownership, citing uh, some GWI research that was published by Reuters at the beginning of the month, showing huge increases in places like Turkey, Argentina, the Philippines, Thailand, Brazil, Uh, lots of countries that have, um, let's say more tight money and banking restrictions and poorly performing local currencies. A lot of those uh, citizens are fleeing to Bitcoin as a hedge against uh, the policies in their home countries. The lira and the peso in particular have been plunging and are at record lows. Argentina's peso trades around 464 pesos per dollar in the black market, Mm. which is more than double the official exchange rate at 222. So uh, people are scrambling out of that peso, which is uh, pretty wild, pretty wild stuff.
0: Yeah, can't blame them, though.
4: No, no doubt. We need uh, some kind of uh, protection against that inflation, some protection against the endless money printer that just devalues the currencies that we use every single day. Binance! Binance closing their doors in Canada. R.A.P. Binance Canada. Uh, their announcement here on their Twitter uh says, unfortunately, today we are announcing that Binance will be joining other prominent crypto businesses in proactively withdrawing from the Canadian marketplace. says they did work with some regulators to try to address the needs of Canadian users. Albeit a small small market, they said, it held sentimental value for us as the home country of our founder. Uh, the new guidance related to stable coins and investor limits provided to crypto exchanges makes the Canada market no longer tenable for Binance at this time. Mm. They said they tried to put it off as long as possible, but, uh, there's no, no other reasonable solutions other than to just leave Canada. So if you're a Canadian user of Binance, you're going to get an email about, uh, how this impacts your account. Hopefully they say they'll be back with saner laws or saner regulations. Who knows? But if you're a Canadian, just, uh, go over to bull Bitcoin, man. They're a great Canadian exchange. They don't custody your stuff. They make you custody it yourself. Uh, they just introduced some, I think, lightning sales into their, uh, into their mix. I want to say we talked about that last week. Yeah,
0: yep. we did last bowl.
4: So, yeah, yep. bull Bitcoin.
0: Bull Bitcoin. If
4: you're a Canadian, you shouldn't be using this Binance stuff no matter where you're from, anyway. True. It's just a shitcoin casino. Just a shitcoin casino. Uh, EU also proposing some new rules on sharing crypto tax data. Gross. Mm. Also unanimously supported by the EU members, because of course it is. This, uh, article here out of CoinDesk says officials are optimistic finance ministers will formally agree on laws allowing the sharing of information on crypto and NFT holdings between tax authorities next week. So they'll be looking deep inside your butthole at all your private secrets, uh... The new EU rules allow taxing authorities to share data on people's crypto holdings. And, of course, all of the bloc's member states unanimously support this intrusion, which means that formal agreement is pretty likely next week, according to senior officials. Nameless senior officials. Love that. You gotta love it. EU ambassadors have unanimously supported DAC8, the Eighth Amendment to the Directive on Administrative Cooperation. Uh, which widens an existing law that intends to prevent taxpayers from stashing taxable assets in hidden overseas bank accounts. Uh, and now hidden over proxies, crypto accounts, presumably. Crypto. So another uh, another reason to love the EU. But, I mean, this kind of thing is coming everywhere. Coming everywhere yeah. to, a, to a state near you.
0: Well, good luck with that, shutting it all down, you know? Mm-hmm. This is the end. Bitcoin is dead.
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nothing you can do. You might as well snitch on yourself. A couple of more. One, uh, some some good news. The amount of Bitcoin on exchanges just hit the lowest ratio since December of 2017. It's a five and a half year low, and it's a good sign of increased interest in self-custody for traders. And ultimately, it means less... uh, Bitcoin is out there at risk to be sold back to exchange wallets. Less potential for rugging out there in the market. <clears throat> nice. So less than six percent of all Bitcoin is now held on exchanges. Most of it is self-custodied. Wow, that's an over, awesome. An overwhelming majority.
0: I guess we uh, made them really want to build a node.
4: Yeah, or at least get a uh, a little uh, what do you call it? Self custody wallet. Yeah, of some type. Some type. And my last story here. Interesting news out of Zebedee. If anybody uses Zebedee, it's a uh, Bitcoin Lightning app that is designed for uh, game rewards, but it's, um also provides the back end for the Fountain wallets, among other things. In fact, in Fountain, if you want to uh, send a big baller boost, anything, I think, over 600,000 sats, they ask you to connect your Zebedee wallet to fountain to do it mm. to handle those big fat boosts uh and zebedee is now opening the wor- uh up to the world their plug and play api okay so according to their uh blog over at blog.zebedee.io it is a huge next step in moving money globally through apps games services and the real world so their plug-and-play API and SDK is now available through a subscription model. So you do have to subscribe to get access to it. Mm. Uh, a bunch of different tiers designed to cater supposedly to developers of any size. I don't have the... Oh, yes, I do have a list of the tiers here. There is a free tier, by the way. You can start for free or opt for an advanced option with larger transaction volume and product count limits and tap into a payment system with proven results across gaming, fintech, ad tech, and social. The free tier... Uh if you're just trying to test it out, or if you have a smaller app, I think that this would be plenty because it looks like, well, maybe for testing purposes, a hundred thousand transactions per month, that seems like a nice chunk, but then one million sats of volume per month. I'd so say we might hit that. If we were like uh just using the APK exclusively for the show boosts that we get. Uh and up to two projects in the free tier. Hmm. So, uh, presumably, you could have two different apps that use this uh, Zebedee APK, or API and SDK. Excuse me. All these fucking letters. You know, Alphabet soup. The Pro is 50 bucks a month, their most popular solution, uh, which gives you 1 million transactions a month and 25 million sat volume per month, plus unlimited projects. And then their uh, Super Baller Premier tier is $500 a month. <laughs> Uh, which will give you 25 million transactions per month and 100 million sats volume per month. So a full Bitcoin in and out a month. Ballin'. They also have a custom enterprise level that uh, doesn't have a price, but they can put together stuff if you need even more than that. Wow. Uh, it's one of those kind of, if you have to ask, you can't afford it things. Contact us. We'll put something together for you specifically. Uh, But yeah, it looked interesting. This... uh presumably will compete somewhat with the Breeze APK or the Breeze SDK that's been already released and out for a number of months now. So yeah, lots of different lightning uh, as a service products out there. Little APIs that you can use to develop different lightning apps with. So hopefully we'll see even more being built on the fantastic lightning network. Oh, I did mention the, the big baller boost in Fountain, which reminds me, there is a Baller Boost uh, contest ongoing. I don't know if you heard about this. Oh, I haven't. This can be my new last story for the shit stain, but uh, it's a bit of cocaine if you think about it. Uh, baller Boosts win baller prizes from Bit Refill. So uh, Fountain has partnered with Bit Refill to give away a $50 card to two super fans on Fountain every week.
0: okay. The
4: two biggest baller boosts. So send a boost to your favorite podcast on Fountain and let them know how much their podcast means to you. The top two boosts by value each week will win a Bit, fi- uh, bit Refill balance card with $50 of credit. And they're going to announce winners every Friday on their Twitter account. Nice. So that's fun. Baller boosts, baby. And uh, that is where the Zebedee account comes in. If you want to boost more than 600,000 sats, you'll have to connect your Zebedee wallet. Which you can find that option in your uh, wallet or your profile in the Fountain app. Connect to Zebedee. Neat stuff. Good luck out there to you baller boosters. Yes. When some, uh, when some Montes back.
0: The Montes.
4: bit refill. Good stuff.
0: And you can make some sats at the Bitcoin block party coming up
4: June 24th. Yes, you can. Here in Kansas City. Come sell some stuff.
0: Yeah, there's no sign-up fee. So if you got some goods and you want some sats, bring a table, show up. I guess you got to get in touch with the Casey Bitcoiners to sign up, but...
4: Yeah, let us know. We can help you. Yeah. Set up a table.
0: And we'll be there, so you can at least come by and say hi.
4: Most definitely. Most definitely. Well, this rolls into one of my favorite uh, segments on the show. Top
0: 333. All right. The magic number is all over the place. Suspected... Islamic extremists kill 33 in Burkina Faso. Oh, boy. Yep. Probably a red flag going up. Look over here. Something's about to go down.
4: Distraction of the week.
0: Distraction of the week, yeah. uh, The provincial governor where this happened is just telling the population, hey, increase your vigilance and work with the security forces moving in. Stay safe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A woman who just happens to be 33 years old was arrested for homicide after an overdose death this week. Uh Uh-oh. Yes. How do you feel about that? You (sighs) sold the drugs, someone OD'd on the drugs, and then you go to jail.
4: For a homicide? Yeah. Yeah. that's, That's stupid.
0: I don't like that at all. And, of course, the drug in question here is fentanyl, allegedly. Sure. Uh, which contributed to this man's death.
4: I would say, you know, if you're selling somebody something that you don't say what it is or the dosage correctly, like if you say that you're selling them heroin but you sell them fentanyl, or if you say you're selling them, I don't know, Tylenol and you sell them crack, <laughs> like I'm trying to think of like something practical, you know. Uh, and I like the concept that that's poisoning. You know? yes, but if you just say, "Yo, this is some fentanyl," and dude says, "Yeah, give me this much of fentanyl, and it's a consensual transaction between two adults, then no, I don't like that the uh implication is homicide
0: exactly
4: for the seller of that because no.
0: I could go buy Everclear and drink myself to death, yeah, and you're not going to go arrest the liquor store owner
4: yeah, or the distillery, or you know anybody in that chain, exactly. Yeah, people have to have uh, a little bit of personal responsibility for what they purchase and put inside their own bodies. Yeah. And also a little bit of freedom to do that too, you know? I mean... Yeah. You engage in risky behavior, you take some risks. But uh, homicide, no. If it's a consensual... You know, if if they were buying fentanyl and wanted to...
0: Exactly. This isn't a drug rape. Right. It's not like some situation where she lied to him and gave him something that it wasn't supposed to be.
4: Or she put like snuck fentanyl into his food and he didn't know about it or some shit like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Nope. Just
0: Me some neither. more
4: war on drug tactics.
0: Exactly. Patients over in England are left waiting more than 33 hours on average for a bed at the King Edward VII Memorial
4: Hospital. Hmm, that seems like a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah. England in their 33 hours for a bed is a story that comes up quite a bit. Every three months, though, I would say. <laughs> the first time it was about some kid's nan.
4: Oh, He's like, me nan. I remember that.
0: She sat in the hallway. I remember oi Minan. nan. She thought she was having a heart attack, but <laughs> oh well. <laughs> and I was like, why isn't your nan on the news talking about this? Where is nan? Is she okay?
4: Uh, She's still waiting for that bed, I think. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they mentioned in this article, one dude waited two weeks for a bed.
4: Wow, that really puts the average up. You know what I would do? Go, Go home. home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my own bed. I guess I'll just die there. How
4: did I know? <laughs> yeah, um, if I'm going to die somewhere, it might as well be comfy place. Yeah. Not you, a hospital place.
0: You just know me too well. And a little bonus 33 story this week coming out of St. Louis where the prosecutor is seeking to free a man who's been imprisoned for 33 years for murder, citing evidence of innocence. And what's crazy is they couldn't even do this. They couldn't appeal for innocence until 2021 when this new law passed here in the Show Me State, which allows prosecutors to seek court hearings in cases where new evidence comes to light, man of a potentially wrongful conviction. In 2016, the Missouri Supreme Court had a ruling where it said only death row inmates could make a freestanding claim of actual innocence. This guy wasn't on death row, but he did have a life sentence.
4: Well, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if you get proof that you're innocent, you should just <laughs> be able to present the goddamn proof, you Yeah, know?
0: And also... Fuck the system for even getting to this point where you have to prove your innocence. You never should have to prove your innocence. They need to undoubtedly prove your guilt. And here, in this case, the witnesses said, well, you know, the authorities pressured us to lie.
4: Oh, my God. Tales all this time. You got to love it. Yeah. Corrupt bullshit prosecution. All
0: the way back to the Salem witch trials. (laughs) Just, you know. Yep. Mob mentality and who's running the place. Ugh.
4: Politics and coercion, baby.
0: So, yeah, this prosecutor, she got another guy out of his sentence, too, uh, by the name of Lamar Johnson, who had been there for almost three decades in prison. But, yeah, this guy was not involved in the 1990 shooting that he was sitting in prison for. Makes you sick. Oh, well, let's go behind the curtain, and we'll feel a lot better. (laughs) I think that's right. Yeah. We have bowls here. That's right, man. Filled to the rim. Oh, I'm going to have a super cut pretty soon, I have a feeling, because uh, listen to this clip that came up this week. It's like they can't get enough. In some cases, owners may accidentally leave their edibles lying around in the house. I know that sometimes when you're partaking, it can be easy to slip your mind, but just try to always put it away.
4: A more common scenario,
0: pets, specifically dogs, finding and eating marijuana products while on a walk, from leftover edibles and packaging to dried-out marijuana blunts. Especially this time of year, people are taking their dogs out to parks,
3: and uh, that's actually where I'm seeing the biggest increase. But even the leaves, the buds, the dried-out parts of it can be toxic. Toxic as well.
0: Dr. Beecham says if you notice your pet is eating a cannabis product, try to get it out of their mouth right away and always call poison control or your local vet if you have any concerns. While most pets can recover quickly from marijuana exposure, owners are urged to keep pot products away from their furry friends. They've expanded it from dogs to pets, all pets, because we need all the pet mom and dads.
4: And fucking gerbils are getting into the gummies again.
0: Yeah, well, if they get out of their cage and you don't put your shit away. But I especially liked that they're saying, like, more and more, it's these animals going for walks. They're finding weed in the park. Show me where the weed is in the park, because I will pick it up and save Fido from finding it himself.
4: Yeah, open grab some weed. My goodness.
0: You're just taking a bite of an edible, dropping it on the ground? I don't think so. This
4: seems a little bit weird.
0: I've seen legal market prices.
4: There's so many of these stories, uh... It just seems like all the time we're being bombarded with the kids, the pets, the uh, they they're eating it.
0: Think of the innocence. It's
4: yeah, laying it's, around and they're eating it. I don't know. I love how they always couch these they slip it in there somewhere into the story of like, well, you know, most times it's perfectly fine, like they re- they totally recover. Yeah. But still call
0: poison control. They need the statistics. We got to pad those numbers. Mm-hmm. We need more calls because more calls turns into more regulations.
4: Yeah, they drive up the fear.
0: Yeah. Drive up the fear.
4: I mean, what is poison control going to tell you if you call and say, my dog is stoned? They're going to say... Oh, right, I bet what? that
0: they will drive revenue to the vet. They'll say, bring him to the vet.
4: Oh, they got to go to the vet right away.
0: When it, common you sense bring them is the keep him hydrated and make him oh, comfortable. Gonna,
4: we're going to do a blood test. We're going to do a CAT scan. We'll do an MRI. We'll do a bunch of tests.
0: Yeah, your bill's going to be 300 bucks to get out of there in 30 minutes with, oh, your dogs are stoned.
4: Yeah. Typically, weed will wear off. It'll be all right.
0: Yeah, it just seems like forever.
4: And yeah, um, uh, don't don't let your dog eat your stash, man. That's expensive.
0: Yeah, and also don't just ditch your stash on the park ground or on the sidewalk, man. I mean, come on.
4: That's retarded and littering.
0: There are sober adults that would gladly take that weed. That's right. (laughs) Sober adults are suffering.
4: There are sober adults in Kansas City.
0: (laughs) Plus, if you got the weed, I mean, come on. I think you want it more than anyone else.
4: I think that's right. I think (sighs) that's pretty safe to say. Yeah.
0: I just couldn't believe it. I saw it on at least three different
4: news shows. It's the hot uh, talking point, man.
0: Pets and pot.
4: Pets and pot. You know. It's still toxic.
0: There are pet products with CBD and such in it that, you know, allegedly reduce anxiety and stuff. Of course, not FDA approved and has been seized off of shelves. But whatever. Whatever. Here we are. Gotta worry about the pets.
4: I, for one, am scared.
0: <laughs> the fear machine is working on you, eh?
4: Yep, I'm. I'm now scared.
0: Lock up your dogs, lock up your gerbils, because the weed is out to get
4: them. I mean, I like gummies as much as the next guy, but I don't want dead dogs, man.
0: I don't even want wobbly-headed dogs. <laughs>
4: the dogs get all do a little weird smile with a wobble head. Yeah, their eyes turn red. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Is a fucking national crisis.
0: They will have you believe in that, if you listen to the lamestream media all the time. Oh, speaking of lamestream media, the dusty man in office was giving a commencement speech at Howard University. And what weed topic do you think he brought up? Uh, expungement? Exactly, and I've brought a clip to prove it.
2: Oh boy! I'm keeping my promise that no one should be in jail merely because of using and possessing marijuana. Their records should be expunged. Just expunged.
0: That's not the right word, sir. You simply gave them a presidential pardon. You didn't expunge them. And if you think that the records should be expunged, then let's see it happen. He loves touting expungement as something he's never done.
4: <laughs> I know. He's keeping a promise to keep his promise. Oh, it drives me nuts. Think about what you'd think about when you were expunging your records.
0: Ugh. <sighs> And everyone goes wild. Who doesn't want to expunge the weed records? Yay, weed! But he can't take that as a victory. He didn't do that. He hasn't expunged a single person. People got blanket pardons. They're fucking full of shit. And only a few people. It was like, 1,200 people. Come on.
4: Yeah, we can do better.
0: We can do way better than that. But, you know... I don't know if he can do better. I don't know if he can remember the line. I'm not so sure. I don't know if he was reading from a script or what, but I have a feeling his handlers would like him to stop saying expunged because, well, it's just a damn lie.
4: Nobody knows the difference or gives a shit, I think. Don't say that. There's so few people that do. Like us, you know, people that don't really matter.
0: I think the general public is... Decently intelligent. Ugh, maybe not. (laughs) I don't want to treat them like they're stupid, but call this man out for saying expunged Yeah, and keeping his promise for it.
4: Ain't nothing expunged.
0: No. Weed hasn't even been removed from Schedule 1 of the Controlled Substances Act, so it's still federally illegal. Still going to land your butt in jail, potentially in any of the 50 states. Oh, well. In one of the states, Arizona, Governor Katie Hobbs signed a budget bill into law uh, with some research funding slated for the medical potential of psilocybin mushrooms.
4: Woee zooey. Woe, woe, Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah.
0: Psilocybin, I'd like to see some movement with the mushrooms here in the show me state. Your- show me some mushrooms.
4: Get your sprungle on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, It's so good Like, There's a lot of research out there On psilocybin And it's all good stuff You know they take this Super depressed population Where they say oh the big pharma meds Don't work on these people Medication resistant depression And they give them a low dose of shrooms Microdose And they start feeling great Feeling happy even
4: yeah, I think one of the coolest things coming out of the psilocybin studies is the they've they've done it for like end of life counseling and they've done it for also different kind of PTSD and other uh trauma victim uh counseling. Yeah. And therapy. And generally these studies find that it only takes like one or two sessions to have like a lasting healing effect. So the big challenge here, of course, uh is that the pharmaceutical industry would like to give you either a a once-a-day pill or a monthly injection or some kind of a patch that you have to keep replacing on your arm or some shit that you have to keep buying forever.
0: Yeah, pill after pill after pill. Right. Or appointment after appointment after
4: appointment. Whereas just, like, with two sessions and, like, a real deep exploration of, like, the actual problem and confronting your issues, turns out you can make a lot of progress mentally and spiritually.
0: Yeah, it's amazing what humans can do.
4: Who would have thunk it, man? Yeah, that sounds like... All heal, no profit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. That's why now we just have to dump money into boards and research and, you know, waste
4: time. Yeah, pink uniforms, man. That's what we need to fund. (sighs) Pink uniforms will cure it.
0: Psilocybin has also been used to treat addiction, especially to nicotine or Mm -hmm. cigarettes. It's pretty interesting. That's a whole industry also. Yep. Oh, well. In Hawaii... Lawmakers have sent the governor a bill to decriminalize fentanyl test strips. You know where else did this this week also? Where? Kansas.
4: Oh, Kansas. So,
0: Governor Laura Kelly in Kansas also has a bill to decriminalize fentanyl test strips sitting on her desk. And so what this would do is just remove the test strips from the paraphernalia category, which they are under now.
4: That's so dirty.
0: Yeah, you can get slapped with a fine for having a test strip. They always talk about the overdoses and the epidemic and all the addiction or use disorders, excuse me. Uh, But God forbid you try to make sure your shit is clean and look out for yourself and others.
4: Well, and they also uh, ramp up all this fear about fentanyl in the everything. Mm -hmm. So like, why can't I test my everything and see if there's really fentanyl in it?
0: (sighs) Test my everything.
4: (laughs) Test after test.
0: no. The only people I would want testing my stuff other than myself is the bunk police. They're legit. Private organizations. Private groups. Yeah. Private citizens. Citizen power. But in Hawaii, they've also got this federal grant rolling through that's giving them 20 vending machines, which will have naloxone and eventually these test strips in it. (laughs) So you can get your overdose reversal medication and the test strips from a vending machine. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's neat.
4: A3 for me, baby.
0: Yeah, Puerto Rico got one of those vending machines in 2009. Damn. I know. And then, of course, the Journal of the American Medical Association. Uh, We talked about this quite a few polls back, but they've proposed their four universal principles to help reduce the number of fentanyl overdoses. And their first step is to offer test strips. And just like let people test their drugs. This seems kind of common sensey. And the second one, going back up to Big Farmer farmer, <laughs> big pharma, is to offer medicines for opioid use disorder like buprenorphine, methadone, or extended release naltrexone. Mm. Sounds great, right?
4: Yeah. Not- I'd rather just smoke weed every day.
0: Oh, me too. Step three is to provide naloxone and training for how to use it and reverse overdose deaths. Mm -hmm. That's fine. It's like an EpiPen, right? Like you should know how to use it. Yeah,
4: you just jam it.
0: I don't know that I would say everyone should be carrying it around. Like I don't carry an EpiPen. Right. But they should be around for sure.
4: Yeah, like you should be able to run to one.
0: Yeah, like a public establishment maybe should have them in the medicine cabinet.
4: Sure. You know? With the band-aids and the neosporin and the defibrillator.
0: Exactly. The defibrillator is back there for sure. And then the fourth JAMA principle here to reduce all these opioid deaths is to tell users not to do their drugs by themselves. Start with just a little bit so that you can assess the potency of it. And don't mix your opioids with sedatives like alcohol or benzodiazepine. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that the That's mixing great of substances is what <clears throat> usually gets people in trouble. Yeah. Especially alcohol. People don't even think of alcohol as a substance.
4: I'd also advise to try to avoid taking dope when you're like sick, like you have a cold or a respiratory kind of bug.
0: That's, yeah.
4: Because it's already hard enough to fucking breathe. And a lot of ODs just happen because they're too doped up and they also have like a cough and they just can't cough properly while they sleep it's fucked up but uh it's it doesn't take much once you nod off i think that's also why it's like a good advice is when they say don't do it alone
0: yeah definitely like
4: somebody can keep an eye on you and be like oh jesus where's that uh narcan
0: yep spray it up the nose oh there's some action on the minnesota legalization bill of course that went into committee where They were trying to reconcile the differences between the House version and the Senate version. So last week they tackled licensing, expungements, and criminal penalties, and this was at the second committee meeting. They decided that the possession limit would be two pounds at home, and if you're outside of your home, two ounces. Uh, they, They have home grow. It says you can have up to eight plants, but only four of them can be mature.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, not uh, sprouts, I guess.
4: <laughs> not making dick jokes.
0: And if you think about this, I guess you might be committing a felony if you're harvesting more than two plants at home. Like, if you get more than two pounds off of your plants that you're harvesting, then you're committing a felony.
4: <laughs> you gotta love and it.
0: And let's think that four plants are ready to be harvested. Mm. Could be more than two pounds. Should be more than two pounds. Ah, uh, it depends. Well, anyways, this is why these regulations and laws are so stupid.
4: Yeah, the, the whole weight limit on the, on the weed. It's like just some weed. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. You want to weigh the bags of vegetable seeds I have upstairs? Hopefully not. <laughs> and also, who's going to enforce this? You know, it's going to be when people get in trouble, it's a tack on offense.
4: Yeah, it's just another thing that stacks up.
0: Yeah, that's what I really dislike about it. What people do in their own home should really be up to them. If you want to grow some weed, grow some weed.
4: Yeah, what's the big deal, man?
0: Not legal advice, obviously. (laughs) 50-state illegal, as a reminder.
4: 50-state banned as fuck.
0: That meeting, they decided that localities cannot prohibit weed businesses, but they can limit the number of licenses based on their population size. Gotcha. Um, They gave regulators authority over health and safety warnings, along with potency limits. So we'll see how that turns out. I'm always wondering if one of these states will eventually put like a black lung or a dead baby on the labels. Like Mm. the cigarettes, you know? Right. In Europe, especially. Ugh. Those things are so gross, but I wouldn't put it past them.
4: Gotta freak the people out, man.
0: Exactly. The fear porn. Feed them more. Yeah. Make them afraid to leave their own home.
4: It always works.
0: Yeah, because then they'll come crawling to Big Pharma and buy the anxiety medicines and all that stuff. Yeah. Where people on the TV smile at you and say, it's a good idea, it helped me. You can talk to your doctor.
4: Ask your doctor about some common side effects, including anal leakage. And death. And whatever, you know, whatever we got.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Kitchen sink of things that could go wrong. So today... The committee met up again to discuss taxes and appropriations issues, and they decided on a 10% state tax on top of sales tax, where 80% will go to the Office of Cannabis Management and 20% will go to local governments. So now all that has to happen is the House and Senate have to vote on this final version of the bill, and then the governor will sign it. And Governor Tim Walls up there has already pledged to sign it. So, once it's on his desk, it's good. Nice. And that's how Minnesota did legal weed.
4: Nice, through the state, through the state house.
0: Yeah, that's all I wanted to see in the show-me state. We, we had such good bills.
4: Yeah, we had way better bills in the house.
0: Way better. No license caps, free home grow, free market. There was, like, barely any licensing in the, uh, it was, like, called, what, the CFA Cannabis Freedom Act? Ugh. Bring it back.
4: Yeah, it was a much more Missouri-style way to do it.
0: Not so Missouri-style is that in Springfield, folks are going to have to get out and vote in August because they're looking to put the 3% tax on the ballot.
4: Oh, shit.
0: They uh, hung out, the council, they watched how the rest of the state voted and saw, wow, everyone, uh, a lot of these idiots went out and voted for this tax, and then they stacked them, cities and counties, we got to get in on that action. Yeah. I like money, though. Exactly. So after their city council meeting, they had some blah, blah, blah over <laughs> what that tax would go towards. And they're just like, it's got to go towards public safety because, you know, weed is super unsafe. We need to bolster up the cops and the safety against it. It's very frustrating. Hooray. I, I don't know why people have this white knuckle grip with safety and weed i know it's, it's like, so silly
4: try to say it, like weed is just it's not like it's coming out of nowhere man it's a plant people act like now weed is legal so now people smoke weed and they never did before yeah like,
0: exactly plenty
4: of people who wouldn't try it before are now trying it that's that's true yeah but in general like there was still a shitload of people that smoked weed
0: yeah for, always have been for
4: decades and decades
0: Centuries, millennia. <sighs> <laughs> uh, also, here in the Showme State, legislators voted to require fingerprint background checks for any weed employee. Uh, the governor has yet to sign this bill, but the constitutional amendment that was passed for recreational weed required the owners of weed companies to submit their fingerprints to Highway Patrol. And back in 2018, when Missouri passed medical weed, uh, it required fingerprints for everyone. But when recreational went into effect, it reverted back. You know, they just applied it over and said, oh, okay, so only the owners have to have their fingerprints on files. Now it doesn't matter if you're a volunteer, a contractor, or a bud tender that's full time. You got to send those fingerprints in. And that's going to back things up, I would guess. I saw it can take up to 14 days for these fingerprints to go wherever they need to go and get approved. You know? Oh yeah. You're not, you don't have felonies that won't let you work in the weed industry, which also, what is that about?
4: I'm I'm not sure.
0: (laughs) I would think, uh, I know there's this sentiment from the 2013 Cole memo that the feds are like, all right, States, you can have your legal weed. You can have your markets, but we don't want any previously criminal people working there. And it's like, oh, the people who have been in this game the whole time and know a lot more about weed than you or the normie shoppers coming out just because it's legal?
4: Yeah, especially it's it's especially offensive if it's a weed offense. Maybe yes. you can make an argument for some kind of person with like a violent past. But when it comes to just weed specifically, you know, like
0: <clears throat> I don't know.
4: How is that different from selling me a Wendy's meal, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly.
4: Like, do you really need to not be a felon?
0: And you know To sell
4: me some weed.
0: The constitutional amendment that was passed for Recreational does say that anyone with a disqualifying felony can't work in the industry, but it doesn't specify what a disqualifying felony is, which really bothers me. Hmm. And what other industry has like, oh, there's certain people that just can't work here? I've always seen on job applications, oh. if you have a felony, you can you have to talk about it. You have to tell them what it is. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it's up to their discretion.
4: Well, I mean, real estate is sort of similar in that, you know, some licensing boards will require fingerprints and some licensing boards will not approve your license if you're, you know, you have certain uh, convictions. Which makes sense in real estate because, like, uh, you know, what if you're record includes maybe like bribery or fraud or you know i'm sure
0: like embezzlement stuff like that you know
4: contract fraud wire fraud you know different shit that uh, you could take advantage of people in the real estate industry doing you wouldn't want some of those being real estate agents and that makes sense to me right yeah but what in the weed world like i don't know
0: it makes sense to just me just doesn't translate but as a human, I also want to think just because someone has a felony in their past doesn't mean that they're the same person.
4: Sure, I think everybody should get a second another chance. chance to, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, but whatever.
4: Certain sins, yeah.
0: We don't even know what this means, disqualifying felonies. There's
4: there's no one-size-fits-all solution to this is what makes it kind of difficult, you know?
0: Yeah, but what I do know is that the weed industry is recession proof and it's growing and growing. And there was an employer quoted in this article saying, right now, new employees can be onboarded in 48 hours. But now that they got to do this fingerprint thing, psh,
4: could take up to two weeks.
0: Could take up to two weeks. Maybe but hey, longer. It's going to keep some jobs in the labs at the Highway Patrol. I
4: guess that's true.
0: Maybe it'll even make new jobs <laughs> if they have thousands of fingerprints coming in a day. Especially in the beginning, because think of all the people already working in the the industry that now have to submit fingerprints. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, there's another bill heading to Governor Parson's desk here in the Show Me State. And this one is to improve access to banks for weed businesses. I say that kind of loosely because really all it does is allow state agencies to share the company's licensing and inspection information with financial institutions and each other. So it's like they can say, oh, they're in good standing. You can see it here and pass it along. Mm -hmm. And so then I guess a credit union or whoever's willing to work with the weed uh, businesses can say, oh, we'll work with you because you're in good standing all the time. But I can't see a big bank wanting to do that because of the 50 state illegal situation. You know, the Scheduled 1 substance. So, oh well. We'll see how it works out. I don't know any other industry where (laughs) they can't take any sort of payment for the goods. You know? Right. Oh well. And a topic that we hit on earlier came up in St. Louis this week out of Washington University.
1: Recreational marijuana for those 21 years and older is
3: legal in Missouri. A new problem is coming to light. Marijuana laced with
1: fentanyl. Dr. Michael Wenzinger, a staff psychiatrist at Washington University and a medical doctor, doesn't want to alarm people about this, but says parents need
3: to
2: have it on their radar. In my clinical practice and among some of my peers, we're seeing more kids reporting they thought they were just smoking marijuana when drug screens showed fentanyl. What? And they would have toxicological or medical side effects consistent with that.
4: Dr. Wenzinger tells me the marijuana-fentanyl mixture is very recent, and it will be
3: interesting (laughs) to see what happens as the year goes on.
4: Well, the story ain't fucking recent, is it?
0: No, that's for sure. And there's never a body. There's never any proof. There's never any weed with fentanyl on it in any way.
4: It's just some antic. Anecdotal bullshit that uh never has anything backing it up.
0: Yeah, exactly. And St. Louis is a spook town. So you're just playing right into that talking point. You see politicians all the time touting fentanyl in the weed. How can we make a totally not scary plant matter terrifying? Oh, I know, we'll just mention fentanyl. <clears throat> There's fentanyl in the lettuce. And yeah, yeah, also it's like this guy, he's a staff psychiatrist. They said medical doctor after that, but staff psychiatrist, how the hell does he know? Is this just kids coming in being like, you know, the the weed was like really strong and I felt like I was nodding off and blah, blah, blah. Like, is it anecdotal evidence? Uh, He mentioned toxicology, but how? How are you going to figure that out? And why would anyone spike weed
4: with an opioid? There's no motive there.
0: No, especially when we're talking about teens, where they have to buy from the traditional market because they can't walk into a weed store, a Mm -hmm. legal one.
4: Yeah, I would say the only two motives I could think of to like sneak fentanyl into somebody's shit would be to kill them or to, uh, I don't know, if you're a spook and you need to make headlines like this, you know?
0: Exactly. And there's no proof to back it up. And I guess they'll just say, well, it's... Patient doctor privilege. Yeah, you know,
4: according <laughs> to sources.
0: So, it's so frustrating. Fentanyl
4: in the weed, according to sources. Familiar with the weed?
0: Not. <laughs> <laughs> in Montana, lawmakers sent a slew of weed bills to Governor Greg Gianforte's desk. One of them extends the moratorium on new weed licenses to June 30th of 2025. Oh no. Yep. In that same bill, uh, they declared when the moratorium began and allowed 16 businesses that applied for licenses technically before the start of the moratorium to begin selling finally, since they've just been in this limbo state for who knows how long years, I guess. Uh, they also added this provision, that license renewals will now charge a cumulative five thousand dollars per additional location. So, a license renewal fee is already five grand, and then if you have two stores, you're going to be paying ten grand on top of that five grand. If you have three stores, you're going to be paying fifteen grand on top of the five grand for the renewal fee. Damn, isn't that gross?
4: Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Gross.
0: <laughs> uh, they also have a bill that says any physician who writes more than 39 medical certifications per year can be reviewed by the state board of medical examiners. Such a weird number. I was surprised I didn't go with 33 to be honest, right? but yep, 39. And then you're going to get looked into cause you might just be a little weed slappy happy. Just prescribing it too much
4: mm-hmm. instead
0: of, you know, the big pharma stuff that gives you a uh, kickbacks and, Brings the customers back for more, of course. Then there was House Bill 948, which outlaws the manufacturing and distribution of synthetic pot products. But in here, they include specifically Delta-8-THC and HHC, or hexahydrocannabinol, um, which of course is when you, what, hydrogenate Delta-9-THC, add a hydrogen molecule, which grosses me out. I don't know why you need to do that or want to.
4: I don't know either. Uh, Uh, Hydrogenation is pretty gross in general.
0: Yeah. All I can think of is hydrogenated oils. Anyways, yeah, Delta-8, going to be banned. Crazy. Um, And then there was House Bill 229, which allows for a 10% deviation in permissible THC quantity in edibles. And the example was, well, if you have, you know, Like 10% THC, and then there's actually 11% in there, it's not going to really affect anyone. (laughs) Right. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. For this industry that has been so hell-bent on regulation and testing and all these numbers and stuff on labels, oh, yeah, they can be, you know, plus or minus 10%. No biggie.
4: (laughs) 10 seems like a big window, but...
0: Yeah. And there has been no... Uh, override vote on that veto that came in Montana that we talked about last bowl Uh when it comes to the funding bill and where all the funding is going to go. So, that's still up in the air. I don't know if the legislator, if the lawmakers decided, well, we just ran out of time with it or what. But, we'll see. Ohio State received a license from the DEA to grow psychedelic mushrooms for research. Of course. Psilocybin, by the way, Schedule 1 with marijuana. Yep. Just worth noting and reminding everyone. Um, They'll be working with this group called Interstate Incorporated, which slates itself as a mental health and wellness research and development company. My first reaction to that description is, oh, these are the people that are going to take the psilocybin studies and turn them into big pharma pills. Right? They'll be like, okay, this is how we can take the natural fungus and make it into a pill that we can advertise and such.
4: Get them patents.
0: But who knows? I went on their website and it was pretty funkadelic. It (laughs) talked about, uh, the CEO has worked in the agave industry for a long time. And they talk a lot about the potential of, you know, psychedelic assisted therapies. And they've got this phases of transformation quiz you can take, like, what phase are you in on your journey? Based on some doctor's book that they shill to you at the end. Spoiler alert. Oh, Anyway, Oklahoma, they've been shutting down some growers. In fact, the first licensed medical grower just had his license taken away Damn. after an emergency order of summary suspension and cease and des- desist in administrative court. Was all put up against him. Yeah, he got his license. First one, July 2019. No more. Uncool. They claim, and they being the uh, Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority, or OMA, uh, they claim that he had 200 untagged plants in five trash bags full of untraceable nugs. God forbid you're not tracking and tracing every single plant. Yeah, that's, that's illegal.
4: Yeah. Can't do that.
0: Yeah, they started working with metric, you know. It's got to all be tagged and properly bagged. So, yeah, they had this emergency order to suspend his business license, and now he has to shut down his business. He's got 10 days to request a hearing with an administrative law judge before any more administrative action involving the license comes to pass. But they took all of his plants and all of his weed that was harvested already. And I guess they've issued 80 more emergency orders like this. So that means potentially they've taken away 80 licenses for untagged plants. Damn. They also cited potentially uh, some of these growers mixing untested weed with weed that failed safety testing. Safety testing. All I know about is safety meetings. (laughs) Right. But. I've got a clip because uh, happy one year anniversary to the relationship between Oklahoma and metric, which they use for this.
3: If the box doesn't have one of these on it, I need to have a tag. I can't buy and put it in right. my store without that yellow tag. Then Taylor McLaughlin, vice president of Red Eye 420, won't buy it and definitely won't sell it. I know it for a fact because they try to come in here and sell me every time on it and I'm not partaking it. For the last year, like they're required to do by law, Red Eye 420 tracks everything that makes it to their shelves using the metric database, a third-party system that tracks the plant or product all the way down to where it was planted. But McLaughlin says it hasn't weeded out, so to speak, people who are still illegally selling, and growing. Metric tried to come in and think they were going to halt the illegal underground uh, business, but you can't track something that's not already being tracked. That's Mark Woodward with the Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics. He knows all too well the struggle of cracking down on illegal marijuana sales. We've got as many as as 3,000 of our 6,500 licensed manufacturers and growers in Oklahoma. Close to 3,000 are under investigation for either obtaining their license by fraud moving their product to the black market or both. And so that's nearly 50%. He says metric has helped, but it's only scratching the surface. They're trying to put tags on these plants to make them look legitimate. For McLaughlin and his crew, sure, it helps spot the illegal weed, but he says it's also raised his prices. It added pretty much a 25 cent tax additional to almost every item we sell has a metric tag on it.
0: So yeah, there you go. There's your totally traced and tracked weed in the
4: legal biz. Seed to sale.
0: Seed to sale. And it doesn't really work because, you know, some people just are going to grow the weed and not track it. Oh, my goodness. And how would you ever know unless you go and raid all of them? I was disturbed when that law enforcement dude mentioned, like, 50% of the license holders are under investigation. Yeah.
4: It makes you wonder, like, did that many of them actually participate in shady shit or is it just like... They're just looking at just about everybody for any reason.
0: Yeah. Or what if, like... I know this. maybe this is far-fetched, but what if, like, a tag fell off of a plant or something and someone did an inspection and they're like, there's a tag on the floor and there's an untagged plant and that's breaking the rules. And I don't
4: know. I don't know how it all works, to be honest.
0: I don't either. Oklahoma's kind of the Wild West down there with their weed market. So... We'll see how this goes and uh, who remains when all is said and done. How the hell are they going to visit three thousand plus growers and see that everything is legit? Crazy. That'd be a task, man. We talked about last week. They did pass a bill that says, "Hey, they can uh, come search you if you're a grower with no search warrant or whatever. Yeah, and just no knock, enter, check it all out." So that's that's scary. Yeah, I hate that. And that's why the legal market blows. Mm -hmm. Traditional market for the win. In Vermont, lawmakers sent a bill changing pot regulations to Governor Phil Scott's desk. It would create a new license class called the Cannabis Propagation Cultivator, which would allow nurseries to be established with the purpose of creating new strains. It would also eliminate the requirement for medical patients suffering from PTSD to also be in psychotherapy in order to retain their medical weed card. That's a good move, because that's pretty ridiculous. Oh, you want to use medical weed? Well, you also have to be in psychotherapy, slave. Horrible. Uh, It also has a stipulation in here that allows caregivers to take care of two patients instead of one. And it says that patients with lifelong conditions can renew their medical cards every three years instead of annually. Big moves in Vermont. No doubt. And my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes from Washington State, where Governor Jay Inslee has signed a therapeutic psilocybin access pilot program bill. I think that makes them the first state in the union. All right. So uh, if you're over 21, you can... Maybe get some magic mushrooms going. Under the care of licensed facilitators, of course, as was established. Uh, And then it sets up a task force and an advisory group to study how it all goes down. He did line-item veto quite a few boards. A psilocybin advisory board, an interagency psilocybin work group. And uh, he also cut the regulatory... Uh, and research responsibilities from the departments of health and agriculture, along with the liquor and cannabis board. So, eh, at least he's uh, cutting down on the slush fund there, I guess.
4: Saving some money.
0: Yeah, saving some Monte. And that's it.
4: Nice. I like that Monte at the end. <laughs> that's a beautiful touch.
0: Yeah, I like Monte. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of beautiful touches. The Rev Cybertrucker always puts one on the metal moment each week. Ooh. And uh, we got a hot, fresh one from him. Ready to rock.
3: In the bowl and in the morning, this here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Rogu with this week's Metal Moment. Continuing with May's mandatory Metallica theme, we're going all the way back to 1984. Recorded in three weeks in Copenhagen, Denmark at the Sweet Silence Studios, Ride the Lightning is the second studio album by Metallica. The album's title, Ride the Lightning, was taken from a passage in Stephen King's novel The Stand, in which a character uses the phrase to refer to electrocution by electric chair. Written from the perspective of the angel of death, this song describes the tenth plague of Egypt. Being track one from the 1984 album Ride the Lightning, this is Metallica, Creeping Death.
4: metal for a moment in the uh mandatory metallica month of may where uh clothing is optional but metallica is not during may you gotta love it thank you rev yeah thanks rev you can always follow rev's latest exploits over at rev Cybertrucker at no oh man
0: now we gotta beady deep deep.
4: that's right that's right we want to talk about the first time i ever first time you ever did a thing and the thing changes every week it's like a rotating thing that's the first time you ever did it and this week we happen to be talking about the first time you ever felt like an adult maybe it's happened to some of you bowlers i don't know
0: <laughs> maybe
4: it's possible uh it's possible that it might have happened to this bowler so are
2: Greetings, you are listening to Bowl After Bowl with Sir Spencer and Dame
4: DeLorean. Very nice. Ah, adult, adult, adults. It's like an evergreen. Right I thought there. a minute about this. It and...
2: is... It's probably like, for me, I think it was still, what came first to mind was like, probably more likely stuff when I was an adult, but also like it kind of hits you that you're an adult Yeah, kind of deal, because I lived at home. A little longer than normal, and uh, and uh, and then like I didn't get my license, I was 18 because I had friends that drove and stuff was close by, and it just logistics and stuff like that, so it just really kind of wasn't worth it. But I remember getting like getting in the car accident or something, I was like, oh, yeah, this is like real, like this is on me kind of thing, you know, I guess. And uh, probably the little things I ideally should you should learn earlier in life, but uh, you know, that at least that's what it stood out to me. Um, And then uh Yeah, sometimes when you're like not matching up with other people what other people are doing, whether or not it's school or jobs or stuff like that, and and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I should be there, you know, they're there but I'm not there kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden like you kinda like you have that feeling like you're behind or whatever, the other you know, other people in the in the same age group or whatever. Yeah. Same friends group and whatnot. So it's probably that's that's the stuff that I think of, like probably the first time feeling like an adult. Um But, uh, yeah, when all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, this, this, like, parents can't get you out of this kind of thing, um, sort of deal. But, uh, yeah. So, well, I'm going to go run in on a Tuesday, which means I'm not going to be doing my normal shorter run, listen to bowl after bowl, listen to this bowl after bowl, which I'd be normally listening to tomorrow because I got something going tomorrow. So, man, it's going to be so weird, you know? Weird. Anyway, I know. We shall. My schedule's Leather weird it, too. Love you guys. That dangerous, and you know whether or not you're listening to Bull after bowl now, or you're listening to it later. Which I guess is still now if you listen to podcast form. Just go ahead and give a big ol' caw, caw, caw,
0: hot caw coming through.
4: Oh yeah, blew the mic out. It's smoking now. That mic is smoking. Thank you, Christopher Battles. Yes, thank you. Yeah, this was an interesting one, because there's like a bunch of different like milestones you hit where you feel more independent, but what's really the one where you're like, oh, I'm an adult now, Like I'm my own person, you know? Yeah. I don't know. You remember yours?
0: It's kind of a toss-up. I think really, for me, it was when I got my license and started driving. Yeah, because
4: what, definitely one I can think of.
0: I don't know if I was involved in a fatal wreck or something in a past life, but... I have always been very serious about using a vehicle. Yeah. And like the weight of getting a license and being responsible, it's all on me was just like, woof, okay. But I also was like, hey, now I can do whatever I want whenever I want kind of
4: sort of to some know? extent, yeah.
0: Yeah. As long as it was within the boundaries of a curfew.
4: Yeah. A curfew. So, so getting in the car and driving, huh?
0: Getting in the car and driving really m- made me feel m- mature. But also, um, when hospice came in for my papa, Mm -hmm. and he was on in-home hospice care, and just that, like, looking back on my childhood and seeing that coming to an end, like, the, the end of his life chapter. Yeah. And mine, like, another chapter starting where I was going to college and leaving my home state. Mm -hmm. that was also like really heavy and like, oh shit, I'm kind of on my own now. Yeah. And I took care of him a lot. Like when I was still at home, the hospice nurse was only coming in once a week. Right. So I did a lot of things that a lot of people get paid
4: to do. (laughs) Sure.
0: (laughs) And I was 16. So, yep.
4: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. But driving, man, that's freeing.
4: Yeah, definitely. Like, the whole freedom of movement and being at different places, even, like, two towns over. In your case, probably the next state over, huh?
0: A lot, yeah.
4: Um,
0: but also, just driving anywhere in Massachusetts seems to take forever.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know why.
4: The roads are so narrow, there's not that many lanes on anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's probably true.
4: And The places where there's a lot of lanes are always clogged up. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how many lanes they have, they're just clogged. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, I always wanted to go to the cities like Providence, Boston. I was like, oh, I'm 20, 20 minutes south is Providence and 20 minutes north is Boston, but then traffic. It's right. really it's like two hours later. <laughs> oh, I'm here.
4: <laughs> Shit. Uh, well, this next caller's not going to wait two hours, that's for sure.
1: In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. All right. So, uh, <laughs> nice high. Yeah. First time I ever felt like an adult. <laughs> Uh oh!
2: (laughs) like an adult. Wow, I am really high. Never, bitches. Ah. Love
0: you.
4: In the bowl. In the bowl.
0: Must be fucking nice.
4: Yeah. Wow, (laughs) thirty-three second voicemail. Well done. Oh,
0: perfect.
4: Well done, caller. (laughs) <laughs> never bitches well there you go Forever young. yeah i can relate to that too you know it's like uh there are many times where i've been like uh now i'm my own man now i'm on my own and it kind of uh i don't know depends on how you define adult if you feel like an adult and there's also this part of me that just has always felt the same you know there wasn't yeah. really a, like a line of demarcation where I was like, oh no, I'm like a grown ass person or whatever. Yeah. And of course, I've steadily incurred responsibilities. I like that milestone of the car because I... uh, that's a big one in, in terms of like, I can decide what's going on now, you know? Like, I can just drive somewhere.
0: Yeah, exactly. For me, I think the way I kind of define adult is when your freedom and responsibility is balanced. You know, because as a child under your parents, you don't have freedom of movement necessarily and your responsibilities aren't paying, you know, you're not responsible for the roof over your head and Mm -hmm. putting food on your plate and stuff. But once there, once you have ultimate freedom, but also the ultimate responsibility that comes with whatever you choose to do, it's kind of the next phase. Yeah.
4: I thought about this a lot because there are a lot of things. And I did think about getting a license, um, and then I thought about like the silly time I took my dad's car while they were out and like drove to Sonic in it. Oh, just with the did plastic. it myself, even though yeah, like his his car could turn on uh sometimes when the key was out, it was like if you pulled the key out of his car and you didn't turn that uh key mechanism or the lot, whatever the hell you call it, on the steering column, if you didn't turn that keyhole all the way backwards then it would just kind of stay engaged as though the key was still in it. And so you could restart the car without the key, without the key. So I did that and took it to Sonic, but then I turned the car off when I got to Sonic and like clicked it back. So you couldn't start it again. And I got fucking busted as hell. <laughs> so like, I felt like an adult for like nine minutes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. and then I felt fucked. <laughs> uh. So there's like little layers of it or shades of it. But I think the first time I really felt, oh my God, I'm legit on my own. I'm doing my own thing was in college when I first signed up for a high time subscription to the dorm room. (laughs) And I was like, damn it. That's something that I'm doing to my address. You know, it was like my name and address and my money. And it just felt real, you know? Nice. There was kind of a a halfway when I got. my ear pierced because I was 18 and I just went up there and, and got it done. Yeah. Um. So there was that a little bit, but it wasn't as much. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Turning 18 was something that I thought of too.
4: Turning 18 is another big one.
0: Now you're a legal adult. Right. Yep. You can be an adult, just don't be a dolt.
4: Yes. If you can help it. This next caller is certainly no dolt. Yeah.
1: Okay. So the. First time I felt like an adult, I really don't know because, I mean, so ever since I was a little kid, you know, knee high to grasshopper, whatever they say, I've always, you know, just felt like a little old man, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just, mm-hmm, just do, just did. I don't remember when I first felt like an adult. I got a you know, rifle when I was seven, and, you know, and just, I cut myself you know uh, Cutting vegetables When I was three just always Just kind of Been an adult I guess Nice and it's, Well always felt like it At least Just a little old man Walking around You know A hundred years Older than everyone else In class and, You know That's, a, that's about it mm-hmm.
4: Well there you go Caller Oh I love that <laughs> Since the beginning Of time I've been an adult I like that Oh That's fucking fantastic Yeah, I can relate to all of these things, man. Like, there's such a blurry line, you know, between uh, what it means to be an adult. And uh, mainly it's like you're taking care of yourself and the shit around you and being responsible. Yeah. And
0: uh, by that definition.
4: I I, I love the duality here, man. And I love the uh, paradox, man. Because I really feel both sides of like, yeah, I've always been doing it, but also like I've never really also done it fully, you know? Yeah. There's always that bit of whimsical, like, uh, hey, the universe has me.
0: Always. Yeah, the childish.
4: It's more like childlike than childish. Okay.
0: Yes, you're correct. But just that, like, wonderment. Yes. And the magic of the universe still. Yeah. Like, tugging at you. Because you know that you don't know fucking anything.
4: It's the great mystery.
0: Exactly. But that can also make you wise, like an old person. I think so. Duality.
4: Yeah, duality. Duality from the bowlers. I love it. Oh, and I love uh, picking a new one. That's my favorite part of the show. Oh, is, is actually, it? Yeah. I, I would
0: have never pegged you as a person that likes picking out the next F-tie.
4: Really? I just live for trying to find this goddamn list every <laughs> week. That's that's my favorite part. Uh, And I know it's around, but...
0: I was trying to think of different uh, F-ties. All I can think of now, because the bonfire is off of mine, is first time I ever... Went to a bonfire, had a bonfire.
4: That's always a nice one. Um, uh, rolling off of Pop's Bonfire, that would be a pretty good one, actually.
0: Yeah, you want to just go with it, since <laughs> the bowl ate the list?
4: Yeah, it's around here, god dang it. I'll find it.
0: After the show.
4: Yeah, first time I ever went to a bonfire.
0: Yeah, you can call in and tell us about it at
4: 816-607-3663. Anytime. Even now. That's right. Oh, man. Well, that gives us one more uh, topic at hand. Ah, fuck it, dude.
1: Let's go bowling.
0: Let's go bowling. My first story for the lanes tonight is a follow-up from last week. You remember the rock or whatever that fell into that New Jersey home, went right through their roof and ceiling and made a dent in the floor? Yes. Well, the scientists took it from them at some local university, working with student scientists, and whatnot. And they confirmed that it is indeed a meteorite that fell into the house. Cool. And it's 2.2 pounds heavy. Woo. They called it a stony chondrite meteorite, and they estimated its age to be about 4.5 billion years old.
4: Wow. That was older than our last caller
0: way older i think yeah 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 so the family says they're planning to keep it in a safe undisclosed location and i am grateful that they are doing that
4: bonus strike for that yeah
0: that meteorite chose them chose their house
4: it's pretty cool
0: you know and like They gotta patch up their house, at least they can get a super rare space rock for
4: it. Yeah, at least nobody got bonked about it.
0: I was really concerned that the university or government or someone would step in and be like, oh, this is ours. All right.
4: That belongs in a museum.
0: Like, anytime someone finds treasure, gold coins, or artifacts, sunken ships, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, 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 so, you know, the Smithsonian needs that. Right. (laughs) So thank goodness this family is like, nope, that's our rock. It is. Indeed. Pretty neat. Uh not so neat is when you try to pull tricks on cops last minute because it hardly ever works. Oh no. As is the case for one Colorado man. He was driving fifty-two miles per hour in a thirty miles per hour zone, and a cop was behind him and pulled him over. And what's he do? try to maneuver over to the passenger side (laughs) and then get out of the passenger side door and say, hey, I wasn't behind the wheel. They're driving, they're driving, pointing in. You know who was in the driver's seat then?
4: A a blow-up doll?
0: His dog. Oh, my God. Blame it on the dog. So the officer saw that he was clearly intoxicated, asked him how much he had to drink, and... When he was asked that question, he decided to try and run for it on foot. Oh, God. But he only made it about 20 yards.
4: Yeah, that sounds so, about right. He
0: was taken to the hospital and charged with driving under the influence. And unfortunately for him, he also had some warrants out for his arrest. So, whoops.
4: Dummy of the week right there. Yeah. My dogs was driving.
0: I just left a picture of the dog just sitting in the driver's seat like, well, he he put me here. I'm gonna stay here because I'm a good boy. Was
4: I a good boy?
0: I am a good boy. Like maybe it even put its paw up on the steering wheel. Yeah. It's like I'm trying to help you, man. I'm trying to help you.
4: Yeah. He should have <laughs> buckled in too. Maybe
0: he did. <laughs> uh well, we have had dogs backing cars into other vehicles and stuff in the bowl before. That's so. true. If the cop hadn't seen him, uh, switching. Maneuver seats and over to the passenger side. Yeah, yeah man. Shoot, maybe he would have gotten away with it. They've
4: got these things called dash cams where they can watch the instant replay of your dumbass shifting <laughs> over to the passenger side.
0: Well, you would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for your dang old meddling dash cam footage. Mm. In Florida. There's a professor living underwater who just broke a record after being there for 74 days. <laughs> He's not planning to resurface yet, though. He's going for 100 days as part of an underwater mission called Project Neptune 100. Neat. Yeah. He's a university professor, and um, this has been pulled before by other university professors who were from Tennessee. It was a a man and a woman staying at the same location he's at. Hot. Uh, I know, right? I was thinking, oh, they they must have (laughs) just started, like, flirting, and they're like, oh, uh, Go live undersea for as long as we can? Hmm, don't mind if I do. And if they weren't flirting before, well, psh, by the end of 74 days underwater together, something must have been going on to pass the time. Right. Not Anyway, so, uh, yeah, he's living underwater without depressurization at a scuba diver lodge in the Florida Keys. And so he's uh, 30 feet under in this lagoon. And he's still teaching classes. From down there, doing the old broadcast in a digital studio. Um, This project, Neptune, sounds like they want to monitor how the human body responds to long-term exposure to extreme pressure. And I think their idea here is, let's populate the oceans. Uh, Let's make rapture real. Sure. Let's put people under the water. No thanks. Dude says he misses the sun,
4: That sounds right.
0: I think you need the sun.
4: Yeah, I happen to be a fan of the sun.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan. I need that vitamin D. Straight from the sun. Into me. (laughs) Oh, well, an embarrassing thing happened across the pond for one housing association. They didn't realize that their tenant died for six years. Yeah, so they put out this press release. Like, how does six years go by and this guy is just rotting in his house that he's renting from you?
4: He just had his shit on auto pay? Like he it had just kept auto going?
0: pay set up.
4: Oh, and it was man. funded
0: by housing
4: benefits. See, this is why I don't like auto pay. <laughs> I think it's a bad idea. You should manually pay your bills every time. It's a bit of an inconvenience, but then if you're dead, you don't keep paying them.
0: Yeah, seriously. Um, and so... I guess that they needed to perform some sort of gas safety check, and they kept trying to get a hold of him to make a time to go into the home and whatever. His bastard wouldn't and answer
4: his phone ever. He wouldn't answer. Or, or his door.
0: Yeah, they noticed that there was a foot and a half tall pile of unopened mail. Oh, my God. <laughs> Still didn't do anything. And
4: Maybe he's in Tahiti.
0: This housing association put out a statement that says, the reason we didn't discover Robert's death for so long is because our previous procedure, while meeting legal requirements, wasn't strong enough to prevent something like this happening, which is the most vague, mundane thing you could possibly say. Like, well, we just uh, legally weren't in a situation to find him. Right. You know?
4: That's and, a lawyer wrote this press release. Oh, thing.
0: definitely. Because now... Uh, The association has changed its procedures on council tax collection, which now allows them to gain instant access to a home and, you know, discover bodies, which is just great. And it does not sound like freedom at all. Oh, where your housing association, we will enter when we please be aware. (laughs) So uh, they also said that additional measures will be put in place to prevent similar tragic cases in the future. So one tragedy is reason to take away many of your freedoms and liberties. Who'd have thunk? Sounds about right. (laughs) I'm sure they'll fix it with their rules and regulations. (laughs) But yeah, they said that um, looking around the house, like his glasses were on a TV magazine from 2017. And they don't have a cause of death determined yet. Six years later, I'm not sure how that autopsy is going to go down. But we'll find out. I'm sure uh, we might be hearing about it again. It's pretty gruesome. And if it bleeds or rots, it bleeds for sure. Which is maybe why this next story didn't make it to the top of the headline charts this week. A driver decided to come to a full stop on a busy Florida highway for a turtle crossing the road. Yeah, you can probably guess how that went down.
4: A uh, car pileup? Yeah. Ex-car pileup?
0: Exactly. Huge multi-vehicle crash because you, dumbass, came to a full stop on a highway. This was on US 331. Take note the 33 is in that highway number. In Walton County. And there's video of the whole thing because there's a semi behind them that had their dash cam rolling. Oh, God. And obviously the truck could not break in time and did rear end at least two vehicles. Good news is no one was seriously injured
4: and the turtle survived. I knew it. I knew the turtle was (laughs) going to make it. Well, it was all worth (laughs) it. Insurance can take care of the rest. It was all worth it.
0: Uh, Are you kidding me?
4: Quinn stopped for a turtle last weekend. Oh my gosh. I didn't even see what was going on. I was following him back into town, and all of a sudden he stopped and has his. Uh, uh, he just like stopped. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I stop and put my flashers on, and then I was like, he hops out and runs over. I see him pick a turtle up, <laughs> take it to the ditch. I'm like, oh man. Nice. To save the turtles. Maybe not on the freeway, though. Don't
0: just drive over them. Like they'll fit between your wheels. You know, you don't need to kill them.
4: Yeah, but I if they keep cross- walking, they'll be in the tire track eventually. I hate seeing I, a popped turtle on the road. Uh,
0: okay, no one likes seeing a popped turtle, but I would rather not see a bunch of cars hitting each other either, or get hit. I'm sorry, but it's, the turtle's going down if I'm behind the wheel. <laughs> I am not stopping for turtles on a highway.
4: Yeah, no, not, no, not on the freeway. Yeah, we were on a country back road. Okay,
0: yeah, country back road, no car behind me. Right. Okay, maybe. But I don't know. It's, it's still a maybe for me.
4: I didn't even see the damn thing. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, if you're driving behind them, you just see those brake lights and think, oh, shit.
4: Mm-hmm. What, what could this be about?
0: A girl's brother also was thinking, oh, shit, this week. <laughs> they were playing in the backyard. His sister was looking for mushrooms, coincidentally, when a stranger came out of the woods, grabbed the girl, and decided to cover her mouth and try making a run for it. Oh. Well, luckily for this girl, her eight-year-old brother had his slingshot on him. Oh, nice. And he managed to shoot the guy in the face with the slingshot. Hit the guy, you know, and also in the chest. Nice. I'm sorry, the girl was eight and her brother was 13. Okay. So he was a good shot. And uh, dude puts the girl down, runs back into the woods. Another family member saw the whole thing go down and called the cops with a good description of the guy that came out of the woods and grabbed the little girl. And the cops found him hiding at a nearby gas station with visible slingshot wounds. Nice. So
4: Busted face and shit. <laughs> yeah, they got
0: him. He was 17 years old. And he told the cops that he was planning on severely beating that little girl up. So he's being charged as an adult.
4: What a fucking bastard.
0: Yeah, I know. It's sick. In her own backyard. Yeah. Yeah, I support slingshots for children now. This is.
4: You just... gotta keep that thing on you.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Conceal carry the slingshot until you can, you know, always be carrying for real. Oh, this next lady is maybe lucky she wasn't always carrying. 35 year old professional musician. Living in South London, where I'm sure she doesn't even have the opportunity to carry, because England. Anyway, uh, she has to practice all the time, because that's her job, to play music on a bunch of different instruments. And so she tried to soundproof her house, and she used a decibel meter to make sure she wasn't making too much noise. And her downstairs neighbor was a music teacher, so she thought, oh, this is good, you know. She told her, well, just if it gets too loud or annoying, just text me. Everything was fine when she first moved in last July. But then the text messages started coming in. Hey, uh, I'm home today, and I'm just kind of sick of listening to you practice. Can you please stop? Oh, I'm going to have some friends over this weekend. Can you please not practice this weekend? And she found herself trying to please her downstairs neighbor and getting down to like one hour of practice a day. So eventually she just stopped responding to the text messages and kept practicing. Well, that didn't rub that music teacher quite right. And next thing you know, this professional musician is receiving a letter from the town council about an investigation going on into her business and a noise abatement notice, which would have cost her $81 to appeal. Now, she's a musician, so that's too much money. And she just kind of let it go. But the council let her know that they could force entry into her house and confiscate her instruments if they found her practicing again. So she had to leave the property and is now currently between homes. Now they said that they could potentially fine her over $6,000 a day for practicing.
4: Good God, that's insanity. Isn't it? Yes, it is.
0: All because of some downstairs music teacher. I couldn't believe that. My music teacher has always complained that I wasn't practicing enough. Right. You know? And this one, she's like, oh, you're just practicing too much. Dang it, she does it for a living. Couldn't believe it myself. Also a bit unbelievable is uh, this poo tuber, right? He's got his own plane, and he decides to do this stunt where he stands on the wing and then jumps off, parachutes off the plane. Yep. Didn't have anyone driving it, so just let this plane willy-nilly crash. And then titles his video, of course. I crashed my plane. (laughs) Idiot's 29. Yeah. And he claimed it was an unavoidable accident, but has this video that he took for the tube of him ditching it to let it crash willy nilly wherever. So he had to plead guilty to a felony charge for obstructing a federal investigation after he admitted that he took wreckage from the site, broke it up, and deposited it into various trash cans with the intent to obstruct federal authorities from investigating into this crash. (laughs) Oh, my God. Womp womp.
4: Yeah, I've heard that one. In fact, I think C-Mike sent me that story.
0: Just doing it for the clicks is the lamest thing a person could say.
4: Yeah. Have fun never flying again, asshole.
0: Yeah. You had a plane... You destroyed it for the clicks. Yeah. That's so gross.
4: It's just dumb.
0: This is a mental illness. Yeah, no doubt. Poo tubing is a mental illness. Chasing numbers is a mental illness. Trying to build your following is a mental illness. It's fake and gay. I couldn't believe it. Now he's going to face 20 years in prison. Ugh. 29 years old. Waste. Wasteful. Value for value it's the way no doubt call it what you want that's freedom i don't have to crash a plane to prove anything and i never will i would take good care of my plane anyways this uh once again across the pond where people are just messed up this guy was working for ibm and I guess the British arm of IBM had this health plan that he was a part of that said if an employee becomes disabled for any reason while working for IBM, they cannot be dismissed, but also cannot be forced to work either. So in 2008, he signed off of work on mental health grounds, and he was hired in at 90000 a year. And with that mental health disability, he was guaranteed $67,000 per year until the age of 65. That's like almost $2 million he's going to rack up total for not going to work. Now, he was diagnosed with stage 4 leukemia in 2012, which is no laughing matter. But he's still alive. And because of inflation, he felt that the $67,000 a year IBM was paying him to stay home and be disabled was not enough. So he decided to sue IBM for disability discrimination because they wouldn't give him a raise on disability.
4: Damn. That guy's got balls.
0: I thought that was a very American thing to do. Yeah. I read that, and I was like, oh, that's very American. Wow, you're British. That's crazy. Oh, big balls indeed. The judge, of course, did dismiss the case and said fundamentally, the terms of something given as a benefit to the disabled and not available to those not disabled cannot be less favorable treatment related to disability. It is a more favorable treatment, not less. Right. I mean, you're just getting free money. Like, if you want more money, you could probably do some work from home stuff on top of it. Oh, well pay me $67,000 to sit around and say I'm disabled. I'm available. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Oh, and my final story for the lanes tonight comes from Louisiana, where an employee clocked in to work at Arby's and got more than they signed on for because they found the body of the manager from the previous shift in the walk-in cooler. Oh my god. Walk-in freezer. Now, the police captain says that the death appears to be an accident, but they're not ruling out foul play. So, that Arby's is closed. They had the meat, a little too much meat, in the walk-in. So, you know, I was also thinking, if you nodded off or something in there, I guess you could maybe freeze to death, because industry guidelines say that those freezers have to be Right around zero degrees Fahrenheit So Hmm. I don't know Very strange Not what you want to see when you walk into work No It's like first thing in the morning You're just prepping salads and Oh there's Sally oh shit Start the day with a little police call No thanks
4: Yes thanks Thanks for hanging out Thanks for the great lanes Lorian the great curtain you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for having a
0: bowl with us
4: absolutely yes on another token Tuesday thanks for keeping it rolling keeping her between the gutters when you can uh, but when you can't hey there's always next frame that's right and uh, we'll be back at it next frame next Tuesday Maybe a little bit later than 9, but not all the way to 10. Somewhere in there. It's a nice, flexible, stony time. Sometime after DH Unplug wraps up on the Noah Genistream. Until then, you can count on me to be Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I will remain
0: Dame Dolorian. Till next time, bowlers, may your bowls burn ever brighter.
1: stoned
0: streaming value for value and weed is an excellent combination
1: do you smoke pot yeah
3: dude you were here smoking pot with
1: me you're not gonna end prohibition by getting arrested
3: all cash baby That's 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 a side effect of the marijuana poisoning
4: why do you think they call it dope? <gasps> Getting high? I don't think this stuff is working.
2: Not if you were stoned at the time. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl.com.
3: Bowl after bowl.com.